It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're locked on the Washington football team, the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am Dave Harrison, Washington football team beat writer for SI.com's fan nation. He's Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Met Her show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Also find them on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms, and we're also on Twitter at Russellmania621, at DHarrison82, and at LockedWFTPod. This show brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thank you again, Washington football team fans, for making this show your first listen every day. On this episode, we've got a lot to discuss, including some post-press conference comments from Chris and I about what was said on Monday from head coach Ron Rivera. We've also got our takeaways from the game. It's Takeaway Tuesday, but Chris, let's kick it off with the best part of the show, and that is Washington football team fans. What's up, Chris? What's up, David? It's your boy, Mark, from Fort Stewart. David, hope all is well. See, your Bucks got a win today, but unfortunately, Washington, we couldn't pull the one out. Um, from this last game, I think we learned a lot. I think we learned that our secondary is 100% atrocious. I don't I don't know what they're doing. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to watch because it's not even good football. It's, it's okay if a player is better than you, but they just lack of communication, lack of assignment. Um, glad that Chase Young finally got a sack fumble. That was good. I think the defense was actually playing really well to begin the game, but I think we realized something today. Um, the Taylor Heineke show is just that, just a show. Um, it's entertaining, but it doesn't get the job done. Uh, I like Taylor Heineke. I think that the fans and me being a big fan of Taylor Heineke, we have to separate him as a person to a player. He's not the guy. So I just kind of want to know what your take is. Maybe uh, I know it's, I don't want to get too far ahead of but what do you think we should do in the future for quarterback or, or you think Fitzpatrick can bail us out? All right. Thank you, guys. Stay blessed. 
and go watch the football team. All right, Mark, thank you very much as always. Um, you know, David, I mean, how do we respond to, you know, all of the different issues right now? I, I think everyone's basically looking to jump ship uh, and it's only two and three, right? Um, we On our episode right after the game, on our immediate analysis episode, uh, we talked about how Taylor Heineke was, you know, arguably as bad against New Orleans as he was against Buffalo. Clearly his two worst starts and performances. And after watching back a bunch of it, not all of it, uh, and after isolating a bunch of it, uh, but again, not all of it, I don't feel any different than I did right after the game. I feel it was a terrible start. Uh, I, I feel like he made some throws that made his numbers look better. Mm -hmm. I understand that he was feeling pressure, was behind, all of that stuff. Um, I get some of it. He was not massively behind in this game. He was not way in a hole that he had to press and, you know, throw balls up for, for grabs. It's not about the numbers that you see. It's about what you're looking for. Yeah. And just too often, again, when I go back and I watch every throw or almost every throw, it's late, 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 lot lacking anticipation and also, of course, lacking the velocity to make up for it. Yeah, that, and I think that last part is really kind of the biggest hindrance here for Taylor Heineke. Uh, he's, he's a front-runner quarterback, and he's entertaining as all get out. Um, I, had a, I had an exchange on Twitter during the game with a football fan, with a Washington football team fan. Um, you know, I was mentioning how entertaining it always is to watch James Winston play football. A lot of Saints fans took that as me insulting Jameis Winston. It absolutely was not an insult. It's extremely entertaining to watch Jameis Winston play football, and that's part of what makes football fun. Um, and that Washington fan said, you know, uh, why is it entertaining when it's when it's the quarterback, but it's not when it's the defense? I said, well, when it's your quarterback and you're covering him or you're a fan of him, it's not as entertaining. And right on cue, Taylor Heineke started doing some of those things, and that Twitter follower responded with, yeah, okay, now I see what you's saying because it's just as infuriating. Look, Taylor Heineke's got talent. Okay, he's, he's an NFL-caliber quarterback to, to a certain extent. Um, but he's a front-runner quarterback. He's not a quarterback that is going to do well uh, playing in a negative situation, trying to bring you back into a game um, because he cares too much, honestly. Like, that's that's going to be a weird thing for me to say, but I can't remember who it was. Somebody once said that to be a successful NFL quarterback, you almost have to be a psychopath, and psychopaths don't care about what everybody thinks. They don't care about what's happening around them. They just go out there and they do what they do. And as a quarterback, when you're playing from behind, when you're going up against – a tough defense, you're having a bad day, and you're a guy like Taylor Heineke, you care so much to the point that you're late. You're late on passes, and he does not have the arm strength to make up for being late on passes. And the reason he's late is he wants to make sure he's making the right decision. That's a very admirable trait. You want that in your players. The problem, again, is by the time you confirm that it's the right place to go, the defensive back typically says, oh, man, that's a good place for him to throw. Let me cover that. And then by the time the ball gets there, your player is either making a contested catch uh, which we see Taylor or uh, Terry McLaurin make uh, a lot of the times, or you have an interception or a broken up pass, which is what we saw a lot against New Orleans. So in that aspect, him carrying as much as he does almost hinders him, which is why he cannot be put in these pressure situations, which is why when you see this team go down and continue to stay down, you see more of that negative Taylor Heineke because he's trying too hard to make the right play instead of going out there and just making a play, being a psychopath and saying, this is my read, this is my throw, make it go do it. Don't worry about the rest of it. It's because he cares. Well, the question is, is, you know, like 
when is he not going to feel pressure? It's an NFL game. Yeah. It's, he's an yeah. NFL quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he should feel pressure at zero, zero, three, three, <laughs> yeah. seven, seven, or down 21, nothing, right. Yeah. Uh, maybe different levels of pressure. So, you know, he's going to have to find a way to figure that out mm-hmm. to not feel like he can, you know, be Superman and, and, and also, not be perfect. I, I mean, yeah. I, again, there there is much more here than the box score would tell you, uh, mm-hmm. is what I would say. David, the other big story, uh, as we kind of look back now on the Saints and look ahead to the Chiefs, is in his Monday afternoon press conference, Ron Rivera was asked several times, right at the very get-go, uh, from several reporters, not this one, uh, about changing the defensive coordinator and or the scheme. And he could not have been any more adamant that he has zero plans, zero intentions of firing Jack Del Rio or making major changes to the scheme. Now it wasn't about personnel. It wasn't about personnel. So that's, I think something different. I think that's where the change happens long before scheme and or Jack Del Rio or even position coaches. I could be wrong on that, but that's just how I see it. I guess in general, your reaction to Ron, again, shutting it down five games into the season and saying no chance. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know that it's time to start calling for people's jobs, you know, at least from a coaching standpoint, if you're going to call for somebody's job and needs to come from a player standpoint, and uh, I'm actually going to do that here a little bit later in this episode. But the problem with scheme changes, you got to look at player fit, right? And if this team switches from a 4-3 base defense to a 3-4 base defense, well, you've got Deron Payne, you've got Jonathan Allen. You know, obviously one's going to be your nose and one's going to be kind of your big uh, your big defensive lineman. Then you usually have kind of a smaller, more athletic one that likes to make uh, some some headway in the pass rush game. Is that going to be Chase Young? Is it going to be Montez Sweat? Because I cannot, I'll be honest with you, I don't see either of those guys as an outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme that also is going to have to pass cover uh, from time to time on a consistent basis. I don't think either one of them is really equipped to do that on a consistent basis. So you're essentially going to scheme one of your best defensive players, either Chase Young or Montez Sweat, out of your own scheme, or you're going to trade them. And if you're going to trade them, you got more linebackers on the field. And, I mean, again, you want to put more linebackers on the field. All right, you got Cole Holcomb, mm-hmm. who is, who's had a pretty solid season, and maybe it's just relative to the other guys around him. Maybe he's looking like an eagle because he's surrounded by chickens. I don't know what it is, but either way, Cole Holcomb looks pretty stinking good here in 2021 compared to what you expect from him. Meanwhile, you got Khalid Hudson, who's not getting a defensive snap. You got you got Jared Norris not getting a defensive snap. Kanazik not getting a defensive snap in week five. All of a sudden, you got to put these guys on the field because you need four linebackers on the field in your base package. Even in your sub package, you're down to two or three of them. Football season is all the way back, and betonline.ag is still your number one spot for the pro and college football action this season. Some things may let you down. BetOnline.ag, guys, not going to let you down. They've got a new updated site interface, more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over there now. If you haven't already, sign up. Make your first deposit. When you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. You put in $100. They give you an extra $50. You go to town, hit yourself a 16-team parlay, and turn that into some serious cash. Whether it's football, basketball, boxing, right down your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the available offers from the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. 
What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. This is the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Thanks for making LOWFT your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. David? I don't know the scheme change is really going to be the answer here. So really, it's just a matter of, I think, figuring out the right personnel. And I think right now what we're learning week in and week out is that there are certain personnel that just are not working out with what Jack Del Rio wants the team to do. And after five weeks, after five weeks of, of practices, training camp, preseason, and now regular season, Jack Del Rio has the football IQ, the experience, and the knowledge of what he wants executed to be able to look at the film and say, this guy or that guy or these people are not doing what this scheme needs us to do enough. Let me give somebody else another chance. And instead of starting salaries or starting draft capital, you start the guys that are going to go out there and make the plays. They do it in some areas. Like Cole Holcomb's not a stud. He's not the most highly paid linebacker in the world, but he's playing 100% of defensive snaps in week five. But there are other guys on this team that right now, honestly, outside of like name recognition or salary cap hits or whatever, I'm not sure why they're playing as much as they are. Let me just say this. I honestly, I, I got to be honest with you. I think the notion that Jack Del Rio should be fired mm -hmm. is absurd. Yeah, and, it's and way I, too early and, for it. Huh? It's way too early for it. Beyond way too early. I, I think it's absurd because I I think as we've touched on a lot, Jack Del Rio can do some different things. And I think he's tried some different things. And I think, you know, maybe on Sunday they played more man than 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 you know zone and 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 certainly with William Jackson the third and so on and so forth. But you're as a defensive coordinator when nothing's working, it's hard to be a genius. When nobody is playing well, it's hard to be a genius. And I challenge you to tell me that consistently there are many players that have played well on this defense. I mean, I, again, we, Jonathan Allen, yes, but even he's been a little bit invisible at times. Um has Chase Young and 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 Montez Sweat consistently played well? No, I don't think so. Uh, Deron Payne, I guess, has, but I mean, again, I don't have the time to necessarily break down every player. But you can talk about scheme, you can talk about coaches all you want. Ultimately, if everyone across the board is subpar, you're going to have a subpar or a bad defense. Period. Um, uh, again, that that's the problem. All right, I know we uh, have to take a little time out here, um, and obviously we'll continue to discuss the defense, the potential changes, all of that with Kansas City and a high-powered attack coming into FedEx Field this Sunday at 1, David. We have another listener voicemail on the show. Hey, Chris. Hey, David. 
it's Cameron in the sunny Algarve, not home in rainy, wet Scotland, enjoying a few days' vacation, recording this lying next to the pool, enjoying some sunshine. Just watched back for the second time uh, last night's game, and my thoughts on it are pretty much, having watched it the second time, the same as they were the first. We were poor in all phases of the game, poor in offence, poor on defence, Heineke, some stupid mistakes. Um, I thought Ricky Seals-Jones made a few decent catches, but we're not so badly off at tight end uh, as we could have been. But my thought is on the coordinators. How many times are we going to put the poor play on the players? Yeah, players have got to execute. And on several occasions throughout the season, we've had busted coverage, uh, blown plays, players caught up position. I get all that. But we're looking at a secondary. But like I said, William Jackson III, who was one of the most sought-after backs in free agency in the in the, the summer. We're also looking at Landon Collins, who's been pro bowl player, all pro player before he got here. Kendall Fuller previously has been a decent back as well how much of this are we not putting on Jack Del Rio can it be looked at as a scheme thing that the defence is playing so poorly rather than on the players surely as a coordinator Jack Del Rio has to start taking some of the blame for how poor our defence has been Kansas City coming up Green Bay coming up Get right game, surely, for Kansas City. Green Bay, they're due a bad game every so often. Hopefully, they have one against us in a couple of weeks' time. Otherwise, we're looking at two and five so far behind Dallas moving forward. Playoffs, we can dream about them. But let's be honest, let's start looking at who you want to draw early in the draft next season. Cheers, guys. Bye now. All right, Cameron, thank you as always for the uh, call and hope life is treating you well on the other side of the world. David, you know, look, there's a lot to unpack there. Obviously, we touched on some of it with the old Jack Del Rio situation. Um, Again, this is always, you know, like a chicken or the egg type scenario. Fans are much, much, much more likely to blame the coaches, I think, than people that are in the game uh, and, 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 you know, I would, t- I would say more beat, ri- beat writers and beat reporters are more likely to kind of sympathize with the coaches and, and more again, in general, blame the players uh, or maybe both. Um, so I, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of calling yeah. each and That's every day a, a for Jack Del Rio theme, to get fired. He's not getting, he wasn't getting fired before Monday. He's uh, not getting fired anytime soon. Period. Right. So here's the only thing I'll really say about Cameron, about your voicemail, because, again, we did address a lot, and we're going to continue to address these topics as we know you care about them. We're going to continue to do the best we can to dissect them and to untangle this whole thing. I will say this, though, and this is fun, this is just, you know, this is just the usage of words. So don't take this as, like, me coming at you for your word usage or whatever. A lot of times we we concern ourselves with blaming who's to blame, who is wrong here, and who's, who's the worst and all that stuff. Really, it's about responsibility. And what I can tell you is that Jack Del Rio is not in the building saying, this isn't on me, this isn't on the coaching, this isn't on scheme, this isn't on play calling. It's all on 
players, right? I guarantee you Jack Del Rio is not doing that. Mm -hmm. What Jack needs to be doing is looking for the players who are saying, I just do what I was told to do. Or, uh, I don't know, uh, Bobby wasn't in the right place. Or, you know, the players who aren't taking responsibility, those are going to be your problems with trying to get this thing corrected. And when you have a team that is struggling, you that's where you need to look for. You need to look for the guys that are willing to own the struggle and say, okay, how do we fix it? Instead of saying, it's not my fault, it's your fault, or it's that guy's fault. How do you fix it? Because I'm doing my thing. Those are your problems in the situation. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And we're going to discuss changes, obviously, that can and should be made uh, throughout the week as we go along. Uh, we'll do a couple of our individual shows, and then we'll get back together uh, for the big third, uh, big the the big Friday and weekend blowout bonanza. All right, let's real quickly get to our takeaways uh, here uh, on on this edition of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. I'll just go real quickly with uh, takeaway one. It was a question that I asked of Ron. Rivera. Uh, and it was a question that was kind of fascinating or a situation fascinating to me uh, watching that game in living color at FedEx field on Sunday, three times they were backed up inside their own five yard line uh, on punts. And, and that's hard to dig yourself out of in terms of offense. But a lot of people were very critical of the three running attempts right before the Alvin Kamara punt, which then turned into the Hail Mary. Uh, I had zero problem with it. Um, because if you look, what they're trying to do is A, not make a mistake, B, get themselves a little bit more room to punt, and, and C, burn as much clock as you, as you can because New Orleans uh, used it, wound up using their final timeout in that sequence. If you look, there was two times, David, in the second half that they were also backed up in that spot. One was a butchered snap, which Taylor Heineke had to scramble and almost turned into a safety. Uh, and they, it would have been a completion if not for an ineligible man downfield, but it was a dangerous, dangerous situation. Number one, maybe possibly a touchdown. And number two, then they threw a, a touch, a, a, the interception uh, to P.J. Williams on the third down where he kind of drifted off to his left. That's why you don't want to be super aggressive with a quarterback that you don't fully trust and that is raw and is still learning and is still developing and is not Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or somebody like that. So I would just say this. It's really hard to operate your offense being backed all the way down. It's reckless to be aggressive when you don't have the quarterback or the offensive line, quite honestly, that you trust. This episode of Locked On Washington Football Team podcast brought to you by Rock Auto and rockauto.com. Uh, you guys know there's a million makes and models out there and different parts and different manufacturers. Here's what I know. You don't have to go anywhere, nowhere in order to get the best service, the best prices, the parts that you need for your car or truck uh, and get them in quick fashion and get them onto your vehicle so that you can be back out on the road again or so that you can keep staying out on the road. Here's what I want you to do. Go to rockauto.com. Why rockauto.com? Well, they've been in the auto parts online industry for over 20 years, and they're going to treat you like you want to be treated. No more big auto parts superstores, guys. You don't need to do that. As a matter of fact, you don't need to go anywhere except for rockauto.com. And when you go to rockauto.com to see all the parts available for your car or truck, right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need at rockauto.com. 
This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Washington football team podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison82 at Russellmania621 at Locked WFT pod. And I'm not going to call for Landon Collins to get benched. Okay. I'm not saying like Landon Collins should just be out of a job. Shouldn't be playing anymore. Just take his helmet, send him on vacation. He can join Cameron by the pool. None of that. Well, here is what I'm going to say though. This is not working, right? And this is where I look at Jack Del Rio. Your defensive scheme is not being executed properly. And I get that. And I just kind of covered why I don't think a scheme change is necessary. Not only on top of that, but then the, the actual education of changing the scheme part. Like I think a lot of people don't quite understand just how much goes into a scheme change. If that happens, it's an off-season move or a late season because we're already eliminated. So let's just start the process now type of a situation. Not a week five, not a week six deal. But Landon Collins has played or played 100% defensive snaps this last week against New Orleans Saints. We've talked about zone. We've talked about man. In week four, Landon Collins played zone coverage about 70% of the time. Had about a 58 pass coverage grade according to PFF. Not good. This weekend, he played about 50%, 58% in zone coverage, 42 in man. So significant amount of, of more coverage snaps in man. He did worse. Okay, so he's not a good zone cover safety. He's not a good man cover safety. And the and two of the biggest plays, and, and, and Ron Rivera talks about, I'm not going to say two plays, and, you know, butcher somebody or butcher something. Listen, week in and week out, it's two or three plays with Landon Collins that is absolutely killing this team, and he's not alone. Well, now, Coach, it's about 15 plays. Now it's about 12 to 15, 16 plays. They're absolutely killing your team's opportunities to win some of these games. I'm not saying he needs to be benched, but I, I am going to say, Chris, he does not need to be playing 100% defensive snaps. You need to give somebody the opportunity, whether it's Cam Curl or somebody else, to get out there, fill that position, fill that slot, and just kind of show – Either am I either that guy's a better fit or it's going to show Landon Collins. Look, dude, you want to be on the field or you want to be over here holding your helmet. If you want to be on the field, you need to get right and you need to get part of the program. Chris, we're going to wrap up our takeaways again, not looking for the guy to get completely benched. Just saying you got, you, you can't figure out if there's another opportunity or option out there. If you're not giving those options a chance to show you that they can be the solution. Takeaway number three, that's going to bleed right into Jamin Davis. I know a lot of guys are sitting there saying, right, exactly the same thing with Jamin Davis. How can he prove that he's the guy or can be the guy if he's not on the field? And in week five, played 13 defensive snaps, 23%. I wrote over at SI.com leading up to this game that with the absence of John Bostic due to the injury, that Jamin Davis was probably going to get an opportunity to really show his stuff. I also wrote that DeAndre Carter would get an opportunity. I was right on DeAndre Carter. I was wrong on Jamin Davis. But it's not about Jamin Davis from where I sit, Chris. It's about the New Orleans Saints. Listen, one linebacker played more snaps than Jamin Davis did on Sunday, and that was Cole Holcomb, who played 100% of defensive snaps. Jamin Davis, the second most played linebacker on defense with 13 defensive snaps. Every defensive back, almost essentially, except for like Daryl Roberts, uh, played so many coverage snaps in this game because that is what the New Orleans Saints do. They line up, they spread you out. They don't run a lot of heavy sets. They don't run a lot of heavy packages. It forces you to play in your sub package and essentially stay in your sub package. Like Washington really didn't play a four, three defense here. They played a five, two, four, whatever. Like they basically had to be in sub packages all day long because of the saints 
their their strength is in spreading the ball and killing you with the pass, and then Alvin Kamara finding room in the gaps because you're so small on defense. That's exactly what the Saints wanted to do. That's exactly what they did. It worked. That is why Jamin Davis only got 13 snaps. If you're playing a more conventional, bigger offense, likes to run 12 personnel, stuff like that, I think Jamin Davis does get on the field more. Here's the problem. If you're a Jamin Davis fan, you got Kansas City coming up. What do they like to do? The exact same thing. Green Bay with Aaron Jones, probably your best opportunity to see Jamin Davis get more than I would say 40% of defensive snaps. But that's why Jamin Davis, in, in my opinion, right? That's why to me, it looks like a schematic thing. That's why Jamin wasn't on the field as much. I know Ron was asked about that, uh, about Jamin proving he, he needs more playing time. I don't think this week it was about Jamin Davis proving or not proving anything. And I don't think it's going to be about that next week. It's going to be about Kansas City liking to play fast, liking to play open. And then Green Bay, perhaps that's where you're going to see Jamin Davis get a spike in his usage. Yeah. And, and, and look, there's a lot that can unpack here. And obviously, we'll continue to discuss this particular position as we go along throughout the week. Uh, I'll just add this. For everybody that wants schematic change, this is the schematic change that you should have been paying attention to that we've been trying to tell you about for weeks. They've been playing more five-man fronts. Yeah. They've been playing in nickel a whole lot. David, if you play five defensive linemen and five <laughs> defensive backs, yeah. I, I'm not a very smart guy, but five plus five is what, 10? That, that, that leaves you less than two linebacker options. <laughs> exactly. So you see yeah. where I'm getting at? Oh. This has been happening for weeks, guys, and not everybody pays attention to it, all the little nuances, and that's uh, understandable. I'm not trying to chastise anybody, but if you want scheme change, You've been given scheme change because that wasn't the plan this year to go full bore right. in that in in that regard. That was not the plan. They are trying to cover up what they don't have mm -hmm. at linebacker and what still needs time to be seasoned. And they know Cole Holcomb is the only guy really that they can count on right now because he's got the most experience. Mm -hmm. And again, Bostic obviously got hurt. Uh, real quickly, I'll just um, kind of go uh, with this as my final takeaway. Fourth and ten from the Washington from the from the thirty-five yard line from the uh, New Orleans thirty-five yard line on Sunday was a controversial call. It was a controversial decision that did not work out for the Washington football team. It could have. Terry McLaurin was a half step out of bounds after beating, technically, Marshawn Lattimore. But, I mean, you didn't beat him if you didn't catch the ball in bounds. But they would have converted if it would have counted. A lot of people had a problem with Ron Rivera not kicking a field goal, a 52-and-a-half-yard-ish field goal. I had zero problem with it, David. And I said it live at the time. Number one, I know he made a couple of kicks yesterday. I got it. I don't trust Dustin Hopkins completely. Number two, if you miss a field goal for whatever reason, it's now Saints ball at the 42 yard line, not the 35. Seven yards, not the end of the world, but it is a thing. It is a thing. It's seven yards quicker and easier and less that they have to gain and or to make a mistake with. So the bottom line is, is I had zero problem. I would have punted, in my opinion. I don't like going for it on fourth and 10. I don't like certainly kicking a 52 yard field goal with the operation as it is. I would have punted. They, Tressway ran out onto the field, and then they had to call him back. So the bottom line is, is I didn't have a major problem with Ron Rivera as many others did. All right, we want to thank you guys for making 
the Locked On Washington football team podcast, your first listen of the day. Come back later on this week. I'll be joined by a special guest, and then David will have a Locked On crossover Thursday edition as we get you set for the Washington football team and the Kansas City Chiefs. Thanks to Mark and Cameron for their voicemails. You can join us on the voicemail line 301-615-3577 or lockwftpod at gmail.com. Uh, and also make your second listen today, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Ryan Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, giving you the expert analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Thanks again for joining us on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. For David Harrison, Washington football team beat writer for SI.com's foundation. I'm Chris Russell, co-host of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980, the flagship station for Washington football team, along with Pete Medhurst. We'll be back later on this week, right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.